From old school to new, from analytics to your gut feeling, and from nuance to a blistering hot take, Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice present to you Political Football. That's right. It is Thanksgiving week where we get the pretenders the hell out of here, like the AFC South, and the contenders start to rise to the top like your Detroit Lions. Welcome back to Political Football, everybody. Matty Ice here. Uh, Cleveland Dave will join me momentarily, but first, a little bit of business. Uh, find the show on Instagram. Political Football Podcast is the handle. You can find us on Insta- on uh, Twitter. The handle is at Matty Ice Media. And of course, if you want to find all the other podcasts that we support, it is MattyIceMedia.com for all of that good shit. So uh, a lot has happened in the world. And quite frankly, I am so exhausted by all of it. And a lot happened in the NFL, including many great things from my perspective. So let's bring in Cleve and Dave, because the show is a three-man wolf pack. Gentlemen, welcome back. Yo. Hey, can, I, can I ask you guys a quick hypothetical? Sure. Yeah. And I want to be clear, this is a hypothetical, because none of this is anything I would ever do or uh, promote. But this is a hypothetically, on January 6th, I grabbed my ar-15 which i don't have because i'm not a lunatic but i grabbed my ar-15 i crossed state lines head up to dc and uh you know put down a couple insurrectionists do you think i could get my that self-defense uh claim you think it's going to work for me or do you think i might be in a little bit of trouble i mean you probably got to get a drone drone footage of you being charged by somebody with a skateboard hitting you or something to that extent uh that would probably ice it for you what if there's a drone footage of people beating police officers with trump flags yeah i mean that too you know yeah so i mean obviously you know i don't condone random people showing up and committing violence and basically any situation whatsoever but uh as a thought experiment you know i think it's interesting to be like well you know would this actually apply to everybody and it's a pretty clear that this that this kyle rittenhouse verdict is is whites only yeah it's uh i just think that um in 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 today's society uh you know back in the day maybe everyone gets a junior g-man badge but um you know i think all of the charges being acquitted probably was not what I would have done. But, um, I mean, if you're putting self-defense on trial, and I think that's what the prosecution failed to show that he, that, that he wasn't self-defending, um, they, they kind of lost their case is how I feel about it. Put, put aside all the other shit because they're, they're just putting that one in the box. They're putting self-defense other than he shouldn't have been there in the first place. He shouldn't have had that kind of weapon as a, as a teenager. Like, take that stuff out of the equation and just put in that if someone's attacking you, you have the right to defend yourself because that's how they kind of package it for us. And, you know, I, um, I think when, uh, when someone, someone's life is on, is on trial, um, they pay for their defense. I mean, he had a lot of support coming from a lot of places and a lot of money behind him. So, you know, you build up a war chest. That's what happens. Remind me, gentlemen, how old was this kid? 17 when it happened. 18 18 now. now. Yeah. When I was 17 years old, I finally figured out how to get porn without it being like all jumbled on the television. (laughs) Okay. And so when I think about this from my, from like my perspective, Let's take all the legal shit out of it because I think all of us probably are in the same boat as as far as what happened. But I think about a 17-year-old's first instinct to do what he did. 
and I think about what I was like at 17, and I'm pretty sure what we were like at 17. Maybe we were somewhat different in our approach to different things, but I don't think any of us would have first grabbed a weapon of any kind to go and handle our business quite this way. And then you add on all the other stuff that goes along with it, with all of the racial tensions we have going on that are rightfully justified, right? All of the political shit that's going on. And it's just, it's all a sad circumstance for me because I feel like the the transparency that I've always asked for is actually out there now in that we kind of know at this point what it's all about. We know what truly matters in this country and it's not something that should matter at all. And it's how you look. And that's where we're trying to get away from. And the fact that people are dead and this kid is getting off on all of this. We made fun of the shaman last week, but this is real stuff here, right? The shaman is kind of a joke. He's really a caricature of people doing real things here. And this just made me sad all across the board. I have no words to really describe it in any way because disappointment doesn't cover it. It doesn't cover it from my end. And it it, it just frustrates me. I don't know if that, that's coming through in, in the way that I'm speaking here, but I saw the verdict. And the sad part is, is my first instinct was not to be surprised by it. And that's not yeah. the way that this judicial system should ever work. And to anybody who's listening, if you feel that the police are corrupt and it ends there, that's not where it ends. The judicial system can also carry these prejudices, this racism, and it's a systemic thing for a reason because it, it is everywhere. And if you think as a white person that it ends and has a finite endpoint, then you're part of the problem, quite frankly, and we need to go back to the drawing board and figure out how it is that we get back to a place of just human decency. Like, I don't get it. And I'm just at a loss, to be fair. I mean, and it's not even affecting me. It's affecting you guys way more than it affects me. But it just, I can't, I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm just, you, you hear it. I, I just don't even know what to say. Well, one thing that this situation should really make clear to a lot of white people out there is that, you know, I will cavalierly say, you know, things about white people in, in general, but really we're talking about whiteness and whiteness will do whatever it needs to to survive since started colonizing this continent because Kyle Rittenhouse killed white people. Yeah, that's the that's the see but that's why killed- I put the that's why I put the sorry, sorry to cut you Dave. That's why I put the money thing in there because like I don't know his financial status as a as a a, a person and his family's money or whatever it is, but they raised I mean, they crowdfunded like I think two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in one yeah, in yeah. one of them. It was and, two million total. Yeah, no, no, that's what I'm saying. In one in one instance, two hundred and fifty thousand. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you're walking in there with the best lawyer that you, that money can buy. And I I've always said this. I've always if you want to curb certain things collectively, every if let's say every black person or every or every Spanish person put in five dollars into a fund and just had a a billion dollars come out of this thing or 900 million or whatever it is it says hey the next time there's something that happens don't worry about your retainer we just want the best lawyer whether they're black white purple whatever but we have the money to fight a case so so that's why i preface in the beginning of the show that it, to me it wasn't really black or white and i get your point dave it was about the money behind like he he could pay for that kind of defense and get but, off on all charges not even to get a gun charge he got all charges cleared which, so is, the which thing, is the frustrating part but the thing is is that his the money was nice but it was unnecessary he could have had Rudy Giuliani and his band of misfits representing him in court it wouldn't matter for one the judge wanted him to get off but then like truthfully 
he so the people he murdered i guess that's a legend now um were in the streets protesting in support of black lives so to whiteness there's no difference between the people that he murdered and george floyd or me or cleave right and so whiteness will consume white people as well if they have the gall to also stand up and fight for black lives so this situation really needs to motivate white people who consider themselves allies and realize that the violence can come for them as well the clan will come for them as well well i think i think it's the social and i'll stand on this and i and, and i get your point this is why we have our different takes on things and this is why this this always works the the honesty that we always have with each other the thing i think is social socioeconomic for number one that's what that's why i'm leading with this but also it was alleged or I can't remember reading this somewhere that I guess it didn't matter because these guys were bad guys. Like they, they had a, like one had like a pass with some bullshit in it about pedophilia or whatever, whatever the fuck it was. So it's like, they didn't deem these people like that got murdered because that's what they got. They got murdered, you know, whether self-defense or not, they were murdered. And like I said, the fact that all charges are clear is where I kind of like, wow. Okay. I could get it where they could argue some, some of it, but to say, okay, you brought a gun, a military, a military style weapon across state lines to a, to a neighborhood that you're not even a, a fucking member of. Like that's the, that's the part that's troubling. It's like, wait a minute. Like this is not even your fight necessarily. This didn't happen in your town and your neighborhood on your block. This happened like a, a, another state away, you know? So it, you know, it is what it is, man. Like, like Matt said, sometimes you, like you're to the point where you're not even like you just you're numb to it now like you're just like okay this is this is modus operandi it's not even numb it's just it's the the disappointment has reached a level that is beyond something that like i can feel so outraged all the time because it's like at what point are enough people like myself going to actually be able to make a difference right because we talked about whiteness so where does that start it's got to start with people like me who are down for the cause, but also will fight for the cause. And I'm totally willing to take a bullet for that cause. I don't really give a shit. And for all the card written houses out there, you can all come for me if you want. But it's just it's a disappointment that has gone so far beyond anything that I've ever been disappointed about. And that's kind of how I feel transitioning awkwardly to the Lions and how they are playing for Cleve right now, because uh, boy, boy oh boy this seven game win streak is going to be fun so for the third week in a row it's almost becoming a tradition we are going to somehow transition to football by just fucking transitioning to football so dave take it away with mac jones and the first place new england patriots (laughs) you have to put that in hey look you guys got on me last week for having the droopy thing fuck you the patriots are back in first place that a boy their rightful position in the afc east okay well first first things first next week's transition will be easy because amata arbery his cousin plays for the lions so when his killers walk they'll be able to transition straight to football now uh getting back to the first place new england patriots uh yeah so no easy transition here we're just gonna get right into it the patriots won 25 to nothing the Falcons refusing to score any points might have cost me a lot of money in DFS on that slate. Not that I'm mad. The Falcons have now scored three total points in their last two games. And, you know, I can't be sure, but I think Derrick Henry might have been propping up Arthur Smith. <laughs> oh, man. By the way, first time the Falcons have been shut out at home since 1988. So the, the Matty Ice era is officially cooked, folks. Wow, bro. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. actually it was a terrible game. 
Like it was just not a good. Oh game. yeah, it was, like yeah. not sexy at all. And the score, don't let the score fool you. They got a pick six at the end of the game that made it look a lot better than it was. But another ho hum Patriots offensive performance where the defense was insane. Defense was insane. Cleve, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna have a, a take here, and I want. I have two takes, and I want you to tell me if either of them are insane. Okay. Okay. Take number one: the Patriots are going to miss the playoffs. That's insane. Take number two: the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. That's insane. Okay, so like, <laughs> what exactly are we doing here? Then you know what I mean? Like, are they just going to go ten and seven and lose? Like, so my point is that I actually think neither of those takes are insane, and I think they're both perfectly reasonable. Wow. I think they could, I think they could go nine and eight and like get squeezed out somehow, or they could make their way in and beat a few teams with good defense. I mean, they got the best coach. Let's think about this for a second. Tom won, Tom wins it last year, and then Belichick and his new protege walks in and takes another chip. Did you did you imagine the the imbalance in the universe here? Well, we are clearly this is not Earth One. <laughs> I don't know where Earth One is, but we are living in a simulation clearly based on everything that's been happening if the patriots win the super bowl this year tom brady will not retire until he gets another one yeah even if he has to play till he's 100 <laughs> you're right about that tom will you're probably right. play until he gets to play bill in the super bowl again yeah like dude, that's what he'll wait for he's gonna go to goodell and say make this happen so yeah. i can retire He'll play for both teams. He'll be like an all-time quarterback. Oh, nice. Tampa and New England. And like, and then and finally in the Super Bowl, he'll just take over for Tampa and lead him to a victory. But to oh, be man. fair, you talked about the, the range of outcomes. So I think I looked at their schedule. Bills twice, Titans, Colts, Jags, Dolphins, like in some order there. And there's only really like two winnable games like outright, maybe. They struggle in New England. I mean, in, in Miami all the time. But I think Jags should be a win. So nine and eight isn't that infeasible. I mean, they play the Titans next, I believe. So I, I keep saying this every week, but we'll find out about them. But it's like I, I will totally take seven and four and in first place because I never saw that coming this year. They've looked really good. And despite how not sexy the team is, seven and four, seven and four. So I will fucking take it. I mean, the Patriots have won the bet for Cleve. He just bet on the wrong team. Yeah. So did Clemson, that, by the way. Just, I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. The... um. I know we're going to get to the Titans later, but it's like if one team lost a player, like they showed you how valuable that player was because it's not just him being on the field. It's him being on the field because it, the, the quarterback play is shit. And I, and I know we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But yeah. yeah. But you talked about weapons, though. Talk about the Falcons. Like we saw them in spurts look good. And now that they've lost, like, basically all their main weapons, they're completely toast. Like, completely toast. Like, yeah, all they have is all they have is Kyle Pitts. They have a rookie yeah. tight end. And, again, Olamide Zacchaeus, um, Dusty Wayne Gallman was getting carries in this game. Oh, the guy who fumbled um, without getting hit as a New York Giant. Like, let's all remember that from last year. Yeah, <laughs> Quadre Allison was was getting carries. Cleve, these are all real people, I promise. Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to say, are these real fucking people or no? Yeah, but, I mean, Olmide Zacchaeus and Quadre Allison, that's just cheating at Scrabble, but they are real people. <laughs> the thing that this game highlights, though, because now that we're going to get into the Sunday games, is like the playoff picture went from looking one way to looking like just a jumbled mess. Like, it's crazy. Like, every team in the league, including the Lions, are still in the hunt. Wow. Yeah. In, in fact, I kind of wanted to make this like overarching point before, and I actually should have done this as the transition. Um, but you know, if you want a pro, go listen to Mike Greenberg. If you want good takes, listen to me. So 
the entire NFL is insane this year, and only the teams that are truly terrible are out of it. Right? Yeah. That's it. Every other team is is good, and if you play poorly, you will lose mm-hmm. this year. Right? Because any team's B-plus effort will beat another team's C-plus effort. So if you do not bring it, you are going to lose, unless you're playing the Lions. Other than that, you are definitely, <laughs> definitely going to lose. And that is, I mean, we've seen that so far the last couple weeks. This week just really confirmed it. We're going to have like, you know, five lost teams, six lost teams as the two seeds. We're going to get some weird teams in the playoffs. We're going to get some weird playoff games. We're going to have like a 500 team beat the Cardinals in the second round. Like we're, it's going to be weird. So the main thing this year is just get into the tournament. Was it, was it, um, the Kurt Warner led, um, Cardinals, wasn't that a nine and 18 or nine and seven? Yeah, yeah, right. So that, we're gonna have that, some weirdness like that. Yeah, that 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 year was a weird year too. I remember that year being like, "What?" Is yeah, it, is it, it fair? I'm oh, sorry. Is it fair to say that there is no clear best team in the NFL? The Cardinals, record-wise, so the best team in the NFL is Buffalo, and that's why this is so weird. Really? Yes, that's why it's so strange. They're like top five offense, top five defense. They had some injuries on defense this week, which we'll get to. But they're like the best team, and they're losing to the Jags, getting hammered by the Colts. Like, yeah, that's the, eye test, the eye test doesn't it doesn't match up. I guess on paper, you, uh, Matt, you talking about paper, or are you talking about? No, no, I'm talking about how like in in most years we can kind of look at the the landscape of the field and say, yeah, this this feels like the clearly the best team. It's not just record. Because I think even the best teams don't necessarily have the best record. Like last year, uh, the Chiefs, we all kind of looked at them and were like, yeah, they're probably the best team in the field, right? If you look at it that way. And this year, it seems like every time we think there's a clear-cut winner, that team ends up losing. And and sometimes it's inexplicably losing. Or Justin Jefferson is getting 15, uh, 15 targets because Mike Zimmer clearly listens to the show. But that was just something that I something that I thought of where it's like, if you asked me who's the best team in the NFL, and it's like, that's a good question. That that changes week to week. Right, and that's why for the listeners, because we have people that listen that are fans of every team. Like I said, unless your team is truly terrible, you know, Lions, Jets, Texans, Jaguars. Washington, but Taylor Heineke is looking like, the way he's looking like, <laughs> he's an all-star. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, Seattle might be in trouble now with seven yeah. losses oh, in yeah, that they're, division. They're, they're so they, they might trouble. be, they might actually be out of him if they're not bad. But like, unless you're one of those teams, like you're actually in it and could win it if you just get in. Mm-hmm. So like, just get into the tournament. And the way I look at the league is out the window this year, because I'm just like, rank them by groups and look at it. Who's this and compare and verse. It, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. This is going to be completely insane. I'm so excited. It makes yeah. it so much better for the show. It's almost like the league transformed so that we could have baller content every week. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, so speaking of uh, teams that look all over the place, we have the Baltimore Ravens 16 at the Chicago Bears 13. Now Lamar oh. Jackson ruled out right before this game with a non COVID illness that he had been dealing with all week. So, like, they won't say it's the flu, but what else could he have that's, like, going to have symptoms that's going to keep you out? Like, he probably dropped a lot of weight because he got the flu, and he's been lethargic, and he's like, worried about him getting hurt. But they won't just say he has the flu. Any any ideas what's going on here? 
STD. Oh, wow. through it. I don't know. Shit. I guess he could. I don't know. I've Damn. never had one. I have fucking no idea. Play, yeah, fucking hey, play through it. I don't know. Said? I don't. I've never had up. like chlamydia where they have yeah, to put that Q-tip up your dick to to figure think, out if you have it. So I don't honestly, know. I I mean Jesus. clearly I haven't either. I don't know if that's still what they do or if you just have a really bad doctor. I have no idea. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like that's the way that they used yeah. to. I have no yes, idea. But yeah. I'm trying to think of something that would be delicate enough that wouldn't be on the chart. Because if it was the flu, why wouldn't they just say it's the he, flu? Bro, I think he had he has COVID again. Scabies? I think they fucking has COVID again. That's what but I think they, it is. The, they, the bargaining agreement, they can't lie about that. They have to disclose that. Yeah, that's true. Um, I guess they, like, it's weird. It's weird. Like, just say he has the flu. Could it be like a staph infection or something like that? But again, why wouldn't they just come out and say what it is? Like, why does it matter? Yeah. Like, it, it, like they said non-COVID illness last Wednesday. And I'm like, well, we're going to find out what this is. And then, like, they just never, they never updated. So I just think that's, uh, that's strange. I'm not very, like, conspiracy-minded, but, uh, aside from ancient aliens, but I'm not very conspiracy-minded, so I don't think there's much to it. I just think it's odd that they didn't, uh, say anything. And then the other note I have on this game is that Justin Fields got hurt in the middle of this game, and he may miss Thanksgiving. And if he does, that means that the first game of Thanksgiving is going to be Tim Boyle versus Andy Dalton. Can you feel the excitement? Oh, God. It's actually, it's actually perfectly oh, timed because it's right when we're going to eat dinner, so I can completely skip it and then take a big <laughs> shit before we eat dessert, and the game probably will be over by then, and I'll be good to go for the night slate. <laughs> Sorry, Dave. I I saw this, and I was like, wow, this is going to be bad. I mean, QB1, yeah, I mean, though, Andy Dalton. I mean, hello. They have, I, mean, I mean, in all fairness, they have no fucking clue how this is going to shake out, and it's just, it's just how the dominoes fall like you're gonna get this is a matchup on a on a, a night where half the half the entire country's gonna be watching this game. <laughs> Dave, as a Lions fan, do you actually take any enjoyment out of the fact that they play every year on Thanksgiving? Because I know that the oh, reason, yeah, do you? Okay, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm genuinely curious because I know that they they have that slot in the Cowboys because of how old the franchises are and all that stuff. There's history behind it, so I get it. I was just asking if it means anything to the fan base to have it. Because they obviously have been really bad on Thanksgiving over the last 20-something years. Yeah, of course it means a lot. Like, it, we forced the rest of the country to endure our pain. Like, we're stuck watching the Lions every single week. And on your holiday, you're stuck watching them too. Oh, right? man. So, like, no. To hell with all of you and your good football and your wins and your playoffs and all that or whatever. You're going to watch Tim Boyle overthrow Quintess Cephas. And you're going to fucking like it. Now eat your stuffing. You know what's crazy about this? The fact that, like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to lay a lot of coin on Thursday. Because that's, that's when, that's when I cash in every year is against you guys. Oh, didn't they get rolled by the Texans last year? <laughs> Was that last year? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it really doesn't, bro. It really, it's just, it's a win when the other team gets off the bus. It's a win. Why do you have that game, um, Dave? Is, did you ever tell us why, like, like you guys have that game? Yeah, because we started it. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. We did it first, and so now we get to keep it. Yeah. So, Cleve, I will give you ten American dollars if you can name the quarterback that started for things on Thanksgiving for the Lions last year. Last year? Just Holy last year. I haven't. It. it was not Matt Stafford. Nope, I haven't. Oh you got it, Cleve. God. Nope. His and wife not- was, I think his wife was an Olympian this past yes. year. David Blau. That is correct. Who is that? Exactly. <laughs> He's last year's Tim Boyle. Man. Did he get next cut? year's Mike White. Did he get cut 
from the Lions? Is he or, or is he third string? He's third string. Okay. He's the emergency guy. Okay. Oof. Someone's, oh, oh. Someone said that they started building the Mike White statue at the feet and just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> first, first, first and goal, Giants. Easy little screen to Mike Evans. Bobbles it up in the air. In case uh, anybody return. didn't know, we are recording this on Monday night so, to get it out for the, the holidays. So uh, the Giants and Bucks are currently playing. Thanks uh, thanks for the update, Dave. You're welcome. I'll let you know if anything else that impacts my money happens. Um, <laughs> okay, now we're, we're going to leave the, the Ravens and the Bears behind and move on to the Packers and the Vikings. Packers 31 and the Vikings 34. Hey, Cleve, guess what the Vikings did? Kick a field goal at the end of the game. It cost me 500 bucks. <laughs> I had Probably true. I, I, that, that, that is true. That is a true thing. I had I had money line for for them to win, Green Bay to win, and I had scores for all the other guys. And everyone came in except Green Bay winning the game. Five hundred and three bucks on a ten dollar bet. Oh, on a ten dollar bet. Okay, yeah, I yeah. thought you bet like five hundred to win five hundred. Oh was no, like... no 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 no! You've taught me better than that. Okay. <laughs> oh watched, my goodness! I watched you over the years. You, you've taught me better than that. Well, or I was going to say, or that's a reasonable amount for you to be betting, and all my sessions are free. Um, <laughs> one, one or the other. No, what I was going to say is they threw it to Jefferson. Eight catches, 169 yards, and two touchdowns for Justin Jefferson in this game. His second straight 100-yard 100 100 yard outing. They're so much better off when they're not relying on Dalvin Cook all the time. Like, when they're getting it to Jefferson, this team looks so totally different. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's almost like... If you have the best young wide receiver in football, besides Jamar Chase, you should throw him touchdown pass to the offensive line. I love, I love that guy touchdowns. You should throw the ball to Justin Jefferson. And they did that and they won the game. They're now the seventh seed in the NFC. And if they would have been throwing to Jefferson earlier in the year, they could be in first place in the division. But you know that Mike Zimmer's having dreams about handing the ball off 40 times, right? Like that's actually <laughs> happening. <laughs> And Dave, Dave is getting pissed just thinking about it because Mike Zimmer is totally <laughs> going to screw you over at some point by just be like, no, 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 we're old school. Run the football. I mean, I'm not like highly leveraged on Justin Jefferson. I just get offended when coaches don't do very obvious, obvious things and uh, not throwing to Jefferson is one of them. Do want to say that Devontae Adams in this game gets seven catches for 115 yards and two touchdowns. And the Vikings almost blew this game. They were up 31-24 with like three minutes to go. And they just gave like an 80-yard bomb to Marquez Valdez-Scantling. And all things being balanced, the Packers were better in this game. But that's what happens in the NFL sometimes. Mm -hmm. Now, Cleve, uh, Aaron Rodgers said that he was playing through something more painful than turf toe. So... Can you explain like how painful turf toe is and then what could possibly be worse? Try to, you know how like your thumb is not a finger, it's a digit or whatever, yeah. appendage, whatever they call it. So your, your big toe anatomy wise is the anchor for your feet to run, to plant, to push off. If you, if you didn't have a big toe, you probably couldn't even stand up or, you know, if on one, if both toes are gone, yeah, you can't stand up. So imagine, um, Imagine, I don't know if you guys play sports and have had, have had turf toe. It's no joke. But in other toe injuries, you can have an ingrown toenail or you can have a toenail that's too long. All those can affect, again, you planting and running and, and stuff like that. So um, for anybody who, who thinks that, oh, that's an easy, easy injury to play through or suck it up, try to... Try to try to just walk without your toe. I don't know if I, if you could do it, but it's no joke. You guys want to hear the worst injury I ever had when I was running marathons, and it's related to your big toe. I got a blister underneath my my toenail, 
like in the middle oh, of my toenail. Shit. Oh, it was awful. Like it was so bad. And it was like bowing the toe up to the point where it had to be pierced through the nail by a doctor to let oh, up. It was yeah. awful. So yeah. I have no idea what he's going through, but I have had pain in my big toe and it sucks. So I can amplify I, I what you're saying. I don't know if that's better or worse than the chlamydia Q-tip. It was bad. <laughs> no, but it's serious. Like it's it's actually pretty common. Like a lot of ultra marathoners get their toes surgically removed because they blacken and fall off so often. Yeah. Yeah, the toenail. Horrifying. Yeah, yeah Dave, it's yeah. true. It's totally true. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yes. You didn't know that, Dave? Yeah, that's a, no, that's a, that's no, a, run, no. Running is for suckers. That's not. That's not me. <laughs> he's, he's not kidding. No, he's he's absolutely right. But again, to answer your question in, in in a short order, yeah, I mean, I know we we as the the consumer and the customer, we want to see these guys do something. And it goes back to what you said last year, Dave, about a 17-week season. Everyone's like, oh, it's one more game. And I'm like, tell Aaron Rodgers one more game when his toe is on fire. He, he has to go out and do that one more time. Well, he had a hell of a game, whatever the hell he was working through. So, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he said he's working through something more painful than the turf toe. And I just assumed it's a bruised ego from everybody knowing he's a jackass now. <laughs> but uh, whatever. He just, you know, if, he, if he's playing that well through something, I mean, you know, I like to give kudos when we got people out here being tough, playing through, you well, know, playing through pain. So even though he's an absolute jackass, I'll give him some some kudos for being tough. I guess the next game here, we've got the Colts forty one at the Bills fifteen. And the first thing I want to say is that Cleve is in our text thread talking all this shit about Josh Allen. He doesn't deserve the money. Stop jerking him off. He's just, terrible. I just, he's I just basically said, Tua, but worse. He's saying he's like he's like he's a bust, like DK Metcalf. Cleve is saying I, all I these things. Oh my god, blasphemy, <laughs> Dave. Oh my, do I have to lawyer up here, brother? Do I have to lawyer up? It's you better insane. get two million dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, <laughs> But uh, um, but Josh Allen is not playing anywhere near as well as he was last year. And if it wasn't for Mahomes playing so much worse than before, we would be talking more about Josh Allen taking taking a step back. But the real story of this game is Jonathan Taylor. Yep. Oh, 32 man. carries, 185 oh. yards, four touchdowns. And he added on three catches for 19 yards and another touchdown for good measure. Al Bundy type game for Polkai, baby. <laughs> the thing about it was is like Carson Wentz couldn't get exposed because they didn't fucking need him. Nah. No, I mean this I mean this this looked like like an early nineties Cowboys game with Emmett Smith. Yeah. Just constantly running through people and nobody <laughs> can do anything about it. Or like a Walter Payton Bears game. Mike Zimmer's watching it and saying, this is what we need to do from now on, folks. That's what I want. Get me this yeah, guy. Or, or like, a, or for Cleveland, it's like, it's like a Chuck Foreman game for the Vikings. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Man, hold on. Let me get my duster out because that was pretty dusty. <laughs> that was dope, Dave. That was dope. I like that. Chuck yeah, Foreman. Chuck Foreman was one of my dad's guys. So I, uh, I got uh, I got the Chuck Foreman the Chuck Foreman reference there for you, but uh, so Cleve, you're a big Rutgers fan, so I do want you to know that Jonathan Taylor was originally committed to Rutgers cool. and then decommitted to go to Wisconsin. That's good choice. Good choice for him. He is a Jersey kid though. He's from Salem, so he is okay. a Jersey kid. So he might be your new favorite player because I know you like yeah. the, Jer- the Jersey guys. Yeah, Two hundred scrimmage he, yards, man! Like holy shit! Like yeah, this guy had a game. You want to hear something funny? Uh, Mrs. Ice, the the luck continues for her. So she was playing somebody who forgot to change their lineup because they had Lamar in as their quarterback, and it didn't matter because j- they had Jonathan Taylor, who scored basically a running back score and a quarterback score, and she still lost. Yep. Wow. Unbelievable. The um, the 
I, I don't the millionaire maker on DraftKings this week had like a two point player because they had Jefferson, Devontae, and Jonathan Taylor. And so like it didn't matter what else they did. Yeah. Like they could have yeah. played the three of us in their lineup and they probably still would have won a hundred grand. So yeah, that can that can happen when one player just uh completely takes over. Now Cleve, another player that committed to Rutgers that decommitted to go somewhere else was Saquon Barkley. And so my question is, right now, like going from now forward, would you rather have Jonathan Taylor or Saquon Barkley? Jonathan Taylor. Saquon Barkley can't stay on the fucking field. Right. So would you rather have the second overall pick or the second pick of the second round? Oh, so so basically, you're shoving my face in dog shit that that I think a running back is valued at a, at a very high pick. Thanks, no, I'm shoving Dave Gettleman's face in dog shit <laughs> <laughs> for taking Saquon Barkley second overall when you well, just you got Jonathan got Taylor or, or whatever. It's just it's just continuing the point, right? Like, just yeah, don't yeah, do it. Yeah. They're going to be there. The Chiefs took Clyde Edwards Hilaire at the end of the first round of that draft and pass on Jonathan Taylor, and that might cost them, like, two Super Bowls. Wow. Although I do love the visual of Cleve taking Aaron Rodgers with the first pick, Dave being a little bit upset about that, and then him taking a running back with number two, and Dave finally rolling up the newspaper. No. Bad Cleve. Bad Cleve. Hey, no, but remember, he took Deshaun Watson, not knowing that the guy was a towel bandit, and he was a flasher. I'd allegedly, still, allegedly. If I was starting a franchise today, I'd still rather have Deshaun Watson than Aaron Rodgers because two years from now, Deshaun Watson will be playing. You're probably right about now. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would stand by that pick. I mean, I wouldn't take Deshaun Watson because, you know, I don't I don't have any known scumbags on my squad. <laughs> but just in general, going going back to that. So um so yeah, so that's that was um we had an exciting game with the Packers Vikings an unexpected beat down of the Colts bills. And then we had America's game of the week lions 10 at Browns 13. Let's go. I am actually taking a W here. The lions would have won this game with Jared Goff. Wow. Oh man. Wow. Yeah. uh, What's his name? Todd Boyle. Is that what his name is? Tom Todd, Uh, whatever. Joe Boyle. Beam toil. 78 passing yards or some shit like that jesus christ uh, it was speak, that bad speaking of, speaking of tim boyle we got a ronald jones touchdown um yeah i haven't heard him in a while <laughs> they're, they're both just as good at football at uh at this point so for this lions browns game you know the browns looked absolutely atrocious in this game <laughs> and they lose probably every other game on their schedule with an effort like this but yeah. in this league this year, like just get the W and move on because they might beat Kansas City by 400 points in three weeks or whatever. You know what I mean? Because it's all every team is all all over the map. And the Baker Mayfield was off the injury report by Sunday, but he had like a shoulder, a knee and a thigh bruise or something like there's no way he was actually healthy. And no. it showed in this game. Are they doing him Any a disservice bruises? by playing him, though? And he bruises his vagina as well because he was a little put off at the fucking press presser telling the fans to fuck off basically which is kind of fucked up because these guys are you know what's it called but again he's hurting his brand he's hurting his money and you know if the guy's legitimately hurt you know more power to him for playing through that but you know you can't attack the fandom because that game was dog shit so a couple things he should not be attacking the fans he does not have the currency necessary to do that exactly <laughs> and secondly I can't let it slide this is political football we can't we can't accuse him of being mentally soft by likening him to something that's feminine. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good point. Mm, that is true. So, uh, ma- mainly because like 
for a couple things like i'm pretty sure most women my age or younger could just whoop my ass so like personally <laughs> i can't go around uh, Bl- uh blink making if you that need point help, baby blink if you need help but like i guarantee you diana tarasi ain't never yelling at the fans <laughs> yeah candace no, I, parker ain't never yelling at the fans yeah going so, back to what you said he, he doesn't he doesn't he hasn't done anything, and I know partly it's not his fault for having some bad coaches in the beginning. But you can't, you can't do that, especially in a contract year for him. That you, like, that's not smart, bro. That's not smart. Also, you know where you play. Like you play in Cleveland. Like you know they're insane, irrational. Yeah. <laughs> like you know, it's, it's Ohio. So You've lived bro. in Ohio so for four years. And Cleve, are you saying that Freddie Kitchens was a bad coach? I mean. Ready kitchens? What is he doing now? Is he selling insurance? What are you doing? He's probably still. Yeah, he's got to be shirt. coaching in Alabama. <laughs> yeah, he could be. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, he did. He did play quarterback in Alabama. I assume he's on the staff down there. You're probably right. Wow. You're stashing yeah. everybody that needs that that nice shine over there. <laughs> That's like Saban's new thing now. He's like the 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 guru here. He's the collector. So does Alabama does Alabama have room for Cam Newton? We got Washington twenty seven at the Panthers twenty one. <laughs> And honestly, Cam didn't have a bad game, no. but this is a brutal loss for Carolina. Going back to the overarching point we're making about like just get in the tournament, you can't lose home games to Washington in the in that sort of that sort of situation. But the reason they lost this game, and sorry, this is like a whole take here. So facts: CMC did not have a touch in the third quarter. That's crazy. That is insane. And the thing is, is that like I know he's beat up. But this is a high-variant season for Carolina. They will only win the Super Bowl by giving him 800 touches a game. <laughs> like, yeah, if he doesn't touch it because he's hurt or he doesn't get those touches because they're trying to keep him fresh, it doesn't matter. They're going to suck. We've already seen that. He needs 30 to 35 touches a game, and then they just pray he makes it because that is their only chance of hitting a ceiling outcome. And it probably won't work. He'll probably get hurt, and that'll be that. But they have to go for it. They can't, like, protect him and, like, try to middle it. They're just going to lose too many games. Yeah. That's actually a good point because they can't really load manage him because they can't sustain anything offensively without him. So if they right. take a whole quarter off, Cleve, it's like when a guy takes too long to get going in a boxing fight, and then he's finally yeah. he's down six rounds, and he's like, well, now I got to pick it up. And it's like, well, you should have picked it up three rounds ago. Yeah, yeah. So they really can't afford to do that. But then didn't he get a touchdown in the fourth quarter? Like a really sweet touchdown his, his in the fourth quarter. His first touch quarter. in the second half was a touchdown catch. You can't do that. Like, that's your that's your best player. That's really, really strange. Well, see, the, the, the troubling part to me is that you get in a fucking shootout with Taylor Heineke. Like, seriously, bro. Like... Like, <laughs> and they they didn't even have Chase Young, so their defense no. was coming in completely below average. Yeah, it's yeah. like, and they really got into a shootout with Terry McLaurin, five yeah. for one hundred and three and one. Uh, so Darius Tony just threw a forty yard bomb pass interference. Yeah, first and goal, Giants still counts. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Terry McLaurin had a great game here, and Heineke missed them wide open for another touchdown that would have sealed the game too. Mm-hmm. So McLaurin really could have put it on him here. And I think I think Washington is in that group of teams that's actually toast at this point. But if you don't play well against them, they're going to beat you. Yeah. Yeah. Do we think that they're better with Heineke than they would have been with Fitz the whole year? In their current makeup, I mean. It's about the same. Okay, that's, yeah, that's what I think, yeah. too. And I just wanted to, because we haven't talked about Fitzy in a while, but... Uh, I was curious because we said Dave that he sh- they should just roll with Heineke until they you know just figure out what they have. I think we figured it out. 
Has there been a sideline, like a sideline signing of him, like coaching these guys up, or he's not around? Period. He's I don't think he's around. Wow. He's, he's still no, I think he's shit. on the golf course already. Yeah, he's way too old for that shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is, he's 38, right? Yeah, he's our age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's legitimately the same the same age as us. So, I mean, man, nah, he's 20 years younger than Cleve. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, really, that's it for that game. The Panthers, like, need to stop having these terrible losses because they, they can make it in, but they got to feed CMC to do it. Now, the next game here... Matt Texans 22 at the Titans 13 what do you have to say I almost opened the show with our 30 for 30 but I realized that it's incomplete (laughs) because I need to add this win to Tyrod Taylor I listened to our show last week to hear what we said about this game Dave and both of us said come on Tyrod just one time he fucking did it (laughs) fucking did it but here's the this to me is actually pretty indicative of where the Titans are gonna be because I think AJ Brown is out or he was out for like the second half of this game and mm-hmm. without, I, I said, what's it going to take to kill this team? Tannehill by himself. Four picks. It was terrible. And the Ugh, Texans defense so... is not good. This was a home game for the Titans. And it just was, it tickled me so much because the Texans have two wins against the Jags, who I hate. And now they have a win against the Titans, who I also dislike. So this is working out great see, for me. See, I gave, I gave Rabel a pass last week by mentioning that they got 22 guys on IR. But man, like, yeah, but to your point, Matt, uh, Tannehill showed up as the Tannehill from fucking, from the fucking Finns, bro. But it's not Tannehill's fault. It's like, who else is he throwing to? Like they were, they were spouting out names when Dave says those are real people. That's basically what it was like (laughs) listening to it. Yeah. Cause, uh. Marcus Johnson, who had 100 yards last week, he got hurt on the first drive in this game. And then A.J. Brown went out. So, so Cleve, this is a play that actually happened. I think this was their only touchdown. It was. They threw a pass in the flat to the five-yard line to Kyrie Blazin game. That is a real name. Game of Thrones? Who fumbled. <laughs> yes, him and Lord Varys scheming. Who fumbled <laughs> into the end zone. And it was recovered by Anthony Ferkser for the touchdown. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Now, bad. Now, the thing is, is that the reason he fumbled is that Michael Pruitt missed his block. You know, I'll be honest with you, Dave. I thought all those guys were Texans. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So Tyrod in this game, fourteen to twenty-four for one hundred and seven yards, which is awful. <laughs> but six of six carries for twenty-eight yards and two touchdowns. And I realize. What needs to happen to Tyrod now? Have you guys seen Ocean's Thirteen? The last, the last of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw so, uh, spoilers if you haven't seen it yet. Even though it's been like twelve years, they, there's a guy who has to review Al Pacino's hotel, and George Clooney trying to screw Al Pacino has to screw over this hotel reviewer guy, and so they set it up so that on his way out he hits a jackpot in the airport slot machine for like eleven million dollars. <laughs> Tyrod, when he's done playing. Needs to go into coaching, go to Blacksburg where he went to college, and win like four AC ti- ACC titles in a national championship with like a ten year run, and be like the like replace Frank Beamer as the best coach in ACC history and like or in Virginia Tech history and like become like a local legend there and the whole thing because he honestly deserves something really great for the career that he's had and because he is not going to find it. No, yeah, his, oh his arc God. is. I mean, we, yeah, his arc is ridiculous, and and it's just the guy has just dumb luck. Like it's 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 fucked up. And he's not a guy we're making fun of either. Like I think no, we genuinely no, feel Ty for Rod. this guy. Yeah, I love Tyrod. You guys know that. And 
Oh man, him 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 in in Blacksburg again. Like there was some game that was on. It was one of those old on the ACC network, and you know it was on. And Chris is like, "Do you remember this game?" I was like, "I remember every Tyrod game. Like I loved watching Tyrod play. So that'd be awesome." But man, oh my god, the Texans are so fucking bad, and they just came away with this win. And can you imagine if this is the thing that screws Nashville out of getting a home field advantage? Which, by the way, the weather in this game fucking blew. It was awful. Mike Vrabel yeah. was soaking wet because apparently he doesn't own a rain jacket. <laughs> the equipment guys failed him. No, I think he was really one of those, no, it's raining, it's football. I'm going out there. And he looked like he was soaking wet. And I'm like, man, I hope you don't get whatever it is that Lamar Jackson got. I thought it was I thought it was basically him saying, hey, where's the IR? Where's the, uh, where's the, uh, Offense? the equipment guy? And they're like, he's on IR, too. He could be. He got 22 fucking guys out. Well, (laughs) if they keep playing like this, his dick is really safe for the rest of the year. So he's in good shape either way. Uh, Unless he gets chlamydia. So um, the the thing is that it wasn't rain. It was flop sweat after Tannehill threw his fourth interception. So bad. (laughs) Tannehill threw more interceptions than the three Falcons quarterbacks threw against the Patriots, I think. Wow. Shit. Uh, quick, Quick aside here, Matt. You know, Tyrod went to Virginia Tech, and you get to root for Tyrod because you really like him. And I want to know what that's like because I'm a Michigan fan, and so I've got, like, Brian Greasy in the booth on Monday Night Football just tooling off, being wrong about everything. Apparently, Elvis Gerback is, like, a crazy religious guy now. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. So, like, I don't get to root for any of the Michigan quarterbacks that have made it into the into the league. So, like, is it just awesome being able to root for a dude who went to your school? I mean, it's always nice when there's players that embody what you feel like you want them to embody out of a school. And he's not the only, like, I guess he's the only one that is still playing in the league. So many of the Virginia Tech guys that are playing in the league or that have gotten drafted are playing in positions of no publicity, like they're offensive linemen or or something like that. So they're not guys that are high profile. So you don't get to necessarily see that that often but i do like rooting for him because he seems to do everything the right way he has stayed away from any shitty behavior so far um and it it is nice i guess in a game where we talked about this two weeks ago dave about adrian peterson remember when chris collinsworth was jerking him off on national television and we're like wait didn't he beat his kid it's nice every now (laughs) and again to root for somebody who actually seems to be a good person in all facets and when they go to a school that you love and you feel something for it's nice to have that connection because there's so few guys in the league that seem to be just genuinely good dudes and how many of them do we actually know played for our school despite how many players go through all these schools and come and go so rarely do we get to have a connection with them so um it's what michael vick could have been perhaps i don't know who knows right Mm -hmm. the character arc of everybody is is to be determined but um i I, I like rooting for Tyrod, even when he throws inexplicable interceptions while heading out of bounds. Let's uh, that's let's move on here and talk about somebody whose character arc is well defined, and that's Urban Meyer. The 49ers thirty at the Jaguars ten. Debo Samuel in this game, Cleve eight seventy nine and one, pretty good for a wide receiver, right? Yeah, I would say those that. are those are rushes. That's right. <laughs> you want to talk he about had a Swiss one catch element. for fifteen yards? He played running back. Swiss oh, Army knife, wow. this guy. He can do everything Shit. on the field. Like, he's a yeah. real weapon for them, and he's saving Jimmy G's job. He is, because Jimmy G, 16 to 22 for 176 and 2, which, again, is good enough to beat the Jags and good enough to keep his job. But at some point, this team's going to lose 58 to 3 when he goes full Tannehill. 
I mean, those are like <laughs> Mac Jones's numbers. And Mac Jones is a rookie in this league with not nearly the same offensive weapons that uh, Jimmy G's working with. That is uh, that is correct. My last note on this game is that the Jags should fire Urban Meyer immediately. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 hundred percent because Trevor Lawrence is looking like he's declining under him, and I feel like yeah. people are labeling him a bust, and I'm like, I don't know if that's fair quite yet because yeah, Urban Meyer nah, may it's, actually it's be not, a worse coach than Adam Gase. Kid. It's not fair to that kid. I I, I know I'm harsh on guys, but no, it, it, I, you can't you can't judge that kid. Uh, Urban is way over his fucking head, and we we knew that from from the first game where he couldn't name the starting this like oh how I have not yet to name the starter. You have the fucking number one guy. What right. Do you, what, do you, what do you mean you don't oh I don't know if I'm a starter. Really? He was your starter this as the second the ink dried in that fucking contract urban. Like <laughs> yeah, he's playing. Of course. Yeah. What? So yeah, this is it's over. I mean he's he's probably gonna be the first one to go, but we all know that he's he's probably gonna get a get a pass. But it ain't working out down there for him. Nope. No, it is not. So now we're going to move on from uh, Trevor Lawrence, who's struggling, to a quarterback that Cleve thinks is better than Josh Allen. Dolphins 24, Jets 17. I said, <laughs> I said Tua would go 303 in this game. He went 276 and 2, which sounds close, but it's actually a huge difference because if this game was 31 to 17, we'd feel a whole lot different about the Dolphins. Then we do a 24 to 17. Yep. Yeah. Joe Flacco, though, keeping the Jets in the game. Flacco, Cleve, 24 39, 291, two touchdowns, no picks. The third yes. quarterback to make Zach Wilson look bad this year. It's yeah. unbelievable. So, so, yeah. So it's safe to say, and I'm speaking for the Jets, all the Jets out there, it's safe to say that, like, this guy isn't ready or wasn't ready. Um, is unfortunate that he got hurt because uh, you know I, if a guy gets hurt, he gets hurt. But again, that's a that's point. Yeah, then he's not durable. Yeah, the third the third quarterback to come into this into these games and fucking light it up with the same personnel says a lot about where where you are in your in your maturation, young man. Joe Flacco's a thousand fucking years old. Yeah, but he's seen everything though. <laughs> So it's like it's like Dave said, they're all composite parts of what would be Peyton Manning or like Aaron Rodgers. So basically, if you right. take all the quarterbacks together, that four of them at this point now, like the Jets are going to start more quarterbacks than some teams are going to have had in the last 20 years that they've started. Yeah, they, they should all try outs in, in, in the um in the parking lot because there's great tailgating there and guys are bombing it. Like, hey, you ever play quarterback? They could find the like, next average white guy in the parking lot. We have 15 <laughs> scripted plays. It's gonna, we're just going to run them on a loop for you. <laughs> like, literally, I think you could bring Warren Moon in right now to the Jets and you put a better numbers than Zach Wilson just Shit. based on experience. Shit. Warren Moon, Shit. we've said this before, Warren Moon would fucking sling in today's league. It would be oh, yeah. nuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was thinking to call up Vinny Testaverde. I'm like, hey, what are you, what are you doing this week? <laughs> Chad Pennington is not busy. <laughs> yeah. Chad Pennington plays in such a way that I feel like you could put him in the, in the game and he would manage the game without turning the ball over. Yeah. Now, shooter. they might need Chad Pennington, but you know who they don't need is Wayne Krebet. And that's because they have Elijah Moore. And Cleve, I told you this kid was going to be special. I told you he was. Eight catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, and again, like, 
he's going to be penalized for not making the Pro Bowl or whatever it is because he just didn't have anyone throwing the fucking ball to showcase his wares. And it does, it does hurt. It does hurt these guys. Yeah. I, I just want to go on the record and in, in, in my Kadarius Tony take in the offseason, I was insistent. Hello, I'm a Franklin. I was insistent that they should have taken Elijah Moore instead. Mm. And they could have traded down and taken him. But if they were going to pick a receiver there, it should have been Elijah Moore. And I mean, I've never felt more more confident about a take. Like it absolutely, absolutely should have been Elijah Moore with that pick. But that's why Dave Gettleman's going to be uh, GMing for the St. Louis Renegades in two years. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> the uh, the next game here we have actually actually a pretty good one. We have the Saints twenty nine at the Eagles forty. And I cannot believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say. Oh, it's gonna be, go. I know. I know it's going to come back and bite me. Even my cat's running away. She can't believe how terrible this take is going to be. But um, the Philadelphia Eagles are capable of winning the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> I Some, knew you were going to say that. Somebody got I good odds on DraftKings, didn't they? <laughs> no, I. Uh, you know, I'm a Jalen Hurts believer. No. Yeah. Um, now, they're not going to. Like, they just absolutely are not going to. But they have the potential to be that super weird team in like the NFC Championship game. It's like, wait a second, the Eagles are at the Bucks. Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. What in the world? Yeah, I knew, this is I now, knew you were going to say that. <laughs> this is now four straight games playing consistent, playing pretty good, <laughs> and um, you know the Saints. The Saints are the wildest team in the league. Like they just bounce between being really, really good and really, really bad. And they didn't have Alvin Kamara and they're without Michael Thomas start with Jameis Winston. But like it it doesn't matter. The Eagles have played consistently now for a month. And if they keep playing at this level, they're they might make the playoffs and they might even win the yeah. division if the Cowboys uh taper off here or something happens to Dak. I mean they're they're playing really good football. I think the big thing is that uh, Hertz and uh, Devontae Smith have developed quite a relationship together, and Devontae Smith has been balling out like crazy. So they've developed a weapon there. Hertz can run, so he's got a little dynamic play there. And again, they're cutting down mistakes, and they're playing consistent football. And I think that that's very important because consistency is something that we have not seen from a lot of teams. No, we have not. And so Jalen Hurts in this game, Cleve, goes 13-24 for 147, which is basically what Tyrod did. The difference that he's got 13 carries for 86 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, and the Saints I mean, are done, right? Like, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, they, but of the of the the Eagles, they ask a lot of him, and he's answered the bell. Like I, it's like almost like how the how the Justin Fields things, you know, with, with Chicago. But, yeah, but you know, we're talking two different quarterbacks as far as what, like where they played in college and all of that kind of stuff and the experience that they that they gained before they got to the league. It just they're asking a lot for him to do in Philly with nothing there. And he's I guess he finally embraced that, you know what, I'm gonna do what I can. And it's enough. Well Sirianni is finally calling a game for him. Yes, exactly. Yes. And and I, and I think, I mean, Jalen Hurts is still developing. We knew he was pretty raw as a passer coming into the league. But what this also shows is how the 49ers are screwing up not playing Trey Lance. Because Trey Lance is just giant Jalen Hurts. So you just got to get him in there so that you can get him to this point by the end of the season where Hurts is. So the next year he's there. You don't want Trey Lance a year from now looking like Jalen Hurts does right now. You're going to be behind the eight ball a little bit. Like they're yeah. the same. They're legitimately the same player. 
I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and and I'm and for the audience, I'm not wishing no one to get hurt, so that's not what I'm going here. But um, Jimmy G's probably gonna either by getting pulled because you guys said they're gonna, they you know, you're gonna have a collapse, or he's gonna get hurt, and then we're gonna see Trey like for four games. It's gonna have to be hurt because I don't think Shanahan's gonna do it. Every no. every game like this where they keep winning with uh, 175 yards from Jimmy G is more confirmation <laughs> for Shanahan to keep him in. It's, and it, their it is. schedule is very easy. <laughs> that's another thing too. Wow. So yeah. So that's you know we'll visit the Eagles again. Like we'll see just how insane this take is in a couple weeks. But if if they manage to make it into the playoffs, they are an extremely dangerous team to to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. To, to go up against, which is insane to even be saying that about about them this year. The uh, next game features a team that is not dangerous. We have the Bengals 32 at the Raiders 13. The Bengals played like ass in this game, and it was never even close. No. Yeah. Raiders the Raiders, a lot going on. Yeah. The Raiders are finished, and I think the final nail is going to come in the most humiliating fashion on Thanksgiving. They go to Dallas. It's very possible, but the Bengals got a much-needed win in the AFC, right? Tiebreaker, they got back on their winning ways, and they didn't look great, but they got got it done. Like, that's what they needed to do. Yeah, I have have literally nothing else to say about this game. Cleve, do you have anything on this game? Nah, (laughs) nope, not not really. (laughs) And and just for the audience, sometimes when they... Dave gives me numbers or asks me what people had. I I have class on Sunday, so most of the time I'm getting my feed from whatever I can get on my phone, or if I see a thread that we have going on outside um, of you know offline. So so you know, no, I have nothing. I have nothing else to add to that. Also, uh, Matt is a math guy, and I have like some like rain man thing with these numbers where they just stick in my head so i just presume you don't and so i just want to make sure that you actually like know the know the numbers because like i look at them once and they get stuck up here until the nice. next week so um i just want to make sure that you know some of these things are getting uh getting out there also mm-hmm. i can't just tell the audience because i'm talking to you guys so i got to talk to somebody and yeah. we're gonna be like hey listeners did you know jalen hurts There is one stat line that Cleve has memorized, and that's Tua's weekly stat line every week. He knows. He knows. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucking guy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. He's better than Zach Wilson. Okay. Uh, So the next game here, actually America's game of the week. The Cowboys dying at the Chiefs 19. Cleve, what the fuck? (laughs) Oh, man. You know what? Um, It goes to what you guys said last year. Anybody can get hot. At any time, the Chiefs finally just figured something out. For the last couple of weeks, they looked good. They looked like like the winning Chiefs of of old. They caught uh, fire. Do they look like the winning Chiefs of old? No, no, no. God, are, no. They played the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders run a downtrend. This week they look like dog shit. A win is a win, even if you win ugly, right? Yeah, but when you're both t- these teams, both these teams deserve an L. Like the yeah. Packers and Vikings should each get a win this week. Mm-hmm. I'm or the Packers and Steelers should each get a win this week, and then the Chiefs and Cowboys should each get a loss. Mm. Like this game, this game was absolutely atrocious. I mean, first of all, we we can't give Amari Cooper a pass. He's out with COVID, and they were able to declare him out for Thanksgiving, which means he must have been unvaccinated, right? Because they could just immediately give him the ten days. Yeah. I think it was something like that. It was very nebulous as to whether he's vaccinated or not, but I extrapolated that he wasn't. 
Yeah, I mean, he 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 couldn't have been, or else he'd be able like to test twice in the the ten day wow. stretch or whatever. So he's going to be out for the game against the Chiefs, and he's going to be out on Thanksgiving. Now, to complicate matters, CD Lamb got a concussion in this game, so he's out on Thanksgiving too. Because you're not coming back from a concussion in four days. No. no. So they're down Amari Cooper. They're down C.D. Lamb. Zeke got hurt again, but refused to take himself out because he is going to get Wally pipped. Tony Pollard touched the ball a lot in this game, and that dude has serious juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's just a matter of time, bro. <laughs> couple couple things about this game though. Um, at the end of the at the end of the first half, when C.D. Lamb actually got hurt. The Cowboys had two timeouts and they threw the ball in the middle of the field and McCarthy elected not to use a timeout there. I don't know if necessarily that was right or wrong, but what it did was it allowed the next play to be like very, very rushed. And I think Dak made a terrible throw, ter- you know, like that was the one to land that got intercepted. And that's the one that ended up getting him hurt. And you kind of have to ask yourself, you have two timeouts there. Do you want to use one and maybe let the offense figure out a play that works? And Dak felt very rushed in that game, but Dak also checked the ball down like he was Jared Goff in this game. He needed to talk to the ref and make sure, hey, do I call a timeout here? Because that's what seems to be the trend with this fucking guy. Well, it just was weird because I'm like, they have two. It's not like they have one and you want to make sure that you yeah. save it to make sure you can get there for the kick. Like they have two. You use one. And they were inside the, the 40, I think. So and Dak threw as soon as he threw it, I was like, oh, that's not good. And it, it just it was completely covered. Like it just didn't seem like a good throw. It seemed like it was very rushed. Like he was panicking like, oh, we don't we have two timeouts. We're not going to use one. We got to make sure we get a playoff. And the Cowboys look terrible. But what Cleve, when I was talking about the, the Chiefs not being back. Last week, they looked like the Chiefs of old, but against the Raiders. And so I said that they need to keep it going consistently. And this week, they did, They couldn't do that. They could not get the ball downfield. Nobody got open. And they looked like the Chiefs that had been playing when they were three and four. And so while they've won a lot of games in a row, the point being is that they're not the Chiefs as we know them still. I think they had mm-hmm. one game last week where they looked like it. And you thought, okay, did they find something? Can they keep it going? Then they play a team like the Cowboys who are only going to score nine points. Dave, this was like the, the Jordan Love game. And you said the Chiefs should have beat him by like 30 points. And they won like 13 yep. to nine. And we're like, that's basically an L. I know it's a win in the win column, but that's not going to get it done. Like they're not going to beat some of the teams in the AFC playing this poorly consistently. And it's poorly for mm. them is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm saying that the Chiefs are not there yet because they're not consistently playing even just a little bit better than this. Like, this was a terrible game. Like, if the Cowboys came in playing, like, a competent football team, they w- the Chiefs would have lost this game. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's exactly right. The, the Cowboys really let uh, an opportunity go here. But the Chiefs, I can't believe I'm going to say this, the Chiefs are basically the Eagles. Like, just get in and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> They're a team that can catch fire, but they just can't seem to do it consistently. So it's like they've got to hope that they catch it one game at a time, basically. And they'd like to have a home game. So it'd be good for them to win the division as well. Correct. So uh, the next game here, we got the Cardinals 23 at the Seahawks 13. And once again, another rough game for Geno Smith. I can't wait for Russ to come back. Oh, um, man. Yeah. He, Russ is obviously still hurt. Um, this, the Seahawks are done. They're three and seven. But Cleve, the Seahawks are picking fifth overall this year. Except they're not because they traded that pick for Jamal Adams. The Jets currently have two top five picks. That's right. Yep. That's that. I heard that today somewhere, and I was like, "Wow!" It it, it goes to show you how the currency of a pick can. I mean, so do we think Pete Carroll's going to get fired, or do you think he's just going to like step the fuck down from coaching? Period. Well, I mean, would this get fired to take the USC job or? 
I don't know about that. He's probably got a gum and <laughs> a gum endorsement or something like that that he can lean on when he's done. Go, go coach the Cubs at Wrigley Field. By, by the way, Cleve, this guy's been in the league for a billion years, but another helped himself out. Colt McCoy had a great game. Yeah, I love his name, man. They, they, there's nothing more Texan than Colt McCoy. Sounds like a fucking action hero. Gunslinger. Uh, Matt's kind of understating it here, Khalid. Colt McCoy goes 35 of 44 for 328 yards, two touchdowns, and no picks. Yeah, that gets people fired. Without Hopkins, uh, by the way. Yeah, without without Nuke. And then Rondell Moore, another player I thought the Giants should have taken over, Kadarius Tony, had 11 catches in this game. Khalid, he had 11 catches. How many yards? Uh, 184. 51. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Every time he caught the ball, it was behind the line of scrimmage. Yep. Would it, 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 it throw a lateral? Yeah. It, yeah. They're basically carries. Yep. <laughs> right. That's how you got to think about them. It's just the running game. <laughs> oh right. Because Chase Edmonds is out when James Conner is dusty. So it's Dang. just these quick little hitters to Rondell Moore. Yeah. 11 catches for 51 yards. Those wow. Are, those are Jalen Waddell numbers where he had like 12 catches for 46 <laughs> yards. <laughs> Shit. On Tecmo Super Bowl when I was in third grade. I wanted to break Jerry Rice's receipt receptions in a season record. So for the Chiefs, I kept throwing button hooks to Stephen Page every single week, and he ended up with like 400 receptions, <laughs> but for like 750 yards. <laughs> and anyways, that's what Rondell Moore is on pace for here. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, I could have just handed the ball to Christian Okoye, but never mind. I'm gonna throw it to Stephen Page. The next game here, the Sunday night game, very good game. The Steelers 37 at the Chargers 41. The Chargers put a video game number. So here we go. First of all, Cleve, your boy, Justin Herbert, 30 of 41, 382 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Also, nine carries for 90 yards. Every team that fucking passed on this kid, it's like they, they got just they got told in that stat line, go fuck yourself. So the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> go fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean no, the Lions. No, the Lions could have drafted didn't, him. Didn't didn't um yeah Lions could have didn't um uh the Giants as well. They took Danny Dimes, right? Was that was that no Denzel? no that's the year before that's or two year years before? before. Okay. Yeah, yeah Danny Dimes has been around for a minute. Um, they were both the sixth overall pick. I think maybe back to back years. Okay, uh, that, that, that might be why I'm picking that. Yeah, but Joe Burrow went, Joe Burrow went first, and then. To a fifth, and then Herbert yes. sixth. Yeah. Yep. Austin Eckler, 11 carries for 50 yards and two touchdowns, six catches for 65 yards and two more touchdowns. So, a four touchdown day for Austin Eckler. Keenan Allen, nine catches for 112 yards. And Big Mike Williams, 597 and one. Yeah, they finally got the ball downfield. Imagine that. You, you know what it is about Herbert? And I think they might have said this a while back. It's like, you know, it doesn't. Like open up the playbook or open up, like let him play. Yeah, let him play because obviously the kid's got the goods. He looks the prototypical part: tall, big arm. He, he has some wheels on him. You know, they're they're they're, they're better. They should be better with him, meaning him at quarterback. They, their record should be better than what it is. You guys agree or disagree? I mean, agree, but that's true of like the Chiefs and the Cowboys and the Bills. I mean, it's true of a lot of teams this year. Mm -hmm. Every team true has been, that. Every team has been inconsistent. Yeah. I mean, really, it's only the Cardinals, and they keep winning with Colt McCoy. So Colt McCoy. <laughs> you know. A thousand fucking um, years old. 
But the thing about the Chargers here that I thought was really good and interesting for them as like an organization and a franchise is that they were winning by 17 in this game. The Steelers block a punt, and then they get this insane interception where like the ball goes off uh, Cameron Hayward's face mask, bounces straight up in the air, and they intercept it inside the Chargers 20, and they get a touchdown. And then eventually the Steelers actually took the lead. And the Anthony Lynn Chargers lose this game a hundred times in a hundred when this happens. Yeah, yeah. But these Chargers came back, they fought back, and they were able to win the game. And so I just think just for the team as a whole, like holistically, it's just a huge, huge win for them. I have to agree with all of that. All of that. The funny thing is, though, this is probably the best that the Steelers are going to look offensively all year long, and it still doesn't fucking matter. Like, I, and this, but I have a question though. So, like, is the Chargers' defense going to be potentially an issue? Because obviously, Big Ben shouldn't be putting up these kind of numbers. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think so. Because the Chargers' defense is like, um, it's kind of like the football team where they have Joey Bosa, they have Derwin James, like they have a bunch of really great players. Or the Rams, where they have Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, they have a couple of really All Pro caliber players who can make big plays, and so. They might not be great as a whole, but like any game, Joey Bosa could get three sacks, and then that's that. So, that's you know, I, th- they might be a bit more variant than we want, but I'd rather have their defense than, I don't know, the Eagles or the Jets, the, the Panthers or <laughs> the Jets or the Jets or the Jets. <laughs> oh. hey, hey, that Lions defense made the Browns look pedestrian. Come on now. <laughs> Just yeah, saying. well, Andy yeah. Dalton's in for it on Thursday. Oh man, QB one, like I yeah. said, but big Man win, big, big win for the Chargers though against the team that yeah. was a, again in the hunt. And I keep mentioning that, but these are going to matter if we're going to be so chaotic. You got to beat the teams that are in and around you as it relates to the playoff seating, because like we said, the playoff picture completely flipped in a week. So the Chargers could be out next week in the week after if they keep flip flopping these games, but. A big win, and I think hopefully, hopefully, the Steelers are finally on a downward trend. Can we have that, please? Man, the Steelers are frauds. Oh, good Lord. I, I said that they weren't. In the same tape that Cleve said the Lions were going to win seven games, I said the Steelers weren't going to make the playoffs, and it was co-signed by you guys. <laughs> I'm yeah, on record uh, here. What what do I know, right? Yeah, I don't think I don't think the Steelers I don't think the Steelers are gonna hang on hang on to make it. I think that they are absolutely fraudulent and we like so the Broncos were frauds and immediately revealed themselves. The Raiders were frauds and immediately revealed themselves. Now it's the Steelers' term to reveal themselves and uh get out of the way. Now we don't we can't talk about the Monday night game because it's currently happening. It's halftime. The Bucks are winning seventeen to ten. We're gonna make a prediction that the Bucks are gonna win this game by twenty one points. All right, so you heard it here. So we're doing something a little new this week. We are going to go over the games of last week uh, with Cleve and make sure we get all the breakdown. And then uh, Dave and I are going to break down the games that are coming up, which includes some of the Thanksgiving games. Uh, And that's my positivity for the week is it is Thanksgiving week. And no matter what you call it, no matter how you celebrate it, I know the history is very complicated. But I think the idea of Thanksgiving, of remembering what you have, being around people that you can at least stand for that two-hour meal or whatever it is, uh, and taking the time to be with loved ones and to kind of tell them that. And it doesn't matter what you eat. It doesn't matter where you celebrate or whatever the hell it is you do. To me, it's important that you do that. And so I want to tell everybody that's listening to this show, again, happy Thanksgiving, happy day of gathering, whatever it is you want to call it. 
Uh, and we really appreciate you as a listener. And that is something that I think all three of us can be thankful for. Uh, also, uh, the content that the NFL provides. So thank you, Roger, for uh, at least putting the league out there for us. But I think biggest thanks to the listeners. And, uh, you know, happy Thanksgiving, fellas. It's been a fun ride. We're heading into our second Thanksgiving together. Can you imagine? Yeah, it's, it's, I was just going to say that. Second year. Yep. You got sure. David Blau and Tim Boyle. Can't wait to see what we get next year. God. Oh, yeah. So, uh, Cleve, we hope you have a great rest of your evening. And um, go uh, Gettleman Giants. And, uh, and for all the <laughs> listeners, tune in uh, next episode. You know, Dave and I will break down the games. But uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care, guys. See you. The opinions and viewpoints expressed on political football are those of Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice, and not necessarily those of the Matty Ice Media Network. Political football is exclusively owned by Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice and is brought to you by the Matty Ice Media Network.